we dive into an interview with one of the newest members of the Baltimore Ravens next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. And we're back. It is a Thursday edition episode and a very special Thursday edition episode as I had the pleasure and the honor of interviewing one of the newest members of this Ravens team in safety, Marcus Williams. Now, the signing of Marcus, it was celebrated throughout all of Ravens Nation, all the Ravens fan base, and rightfully so, one of the best young safeties in this league, now a member of the Ravens. And for me, getting to know Marcus on and off the field here what was an absolute blast. And he's the type of player, the type of person that the Ravens really want to have in their organization and, and, and really it really shows throughout this entire thing so i'm excited for everybody to listen to this and just learn about marcus a bit on and off the field in the second segment we'll dive into the safety position and talk about the ravens re-signing as you know stone in the final segment we'll dive into mock drafts from twitter but before we dive into all that if you're with us on youtube and video form we do put out daily ravens content five days a week so be sure to subscribe to the channel like the video it does help out a ton in audio form it's the same exact thing the same show both video and audio form available on any podcast platform so be sure to follow turn notifications on and be sure to follow me on twitter at chaosstriker34 and the locked on ravens account at locked on ravens but now not any further ado let's dive into the interview that i had with marcus williams Joining me now is one of the newest members of the Baltimore Ravens, safety Marcus Williams. Marcus, it's great to have you on here. Thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing well, and I'm excited to talk with you here and just learn a bit about you both on and off the field. And I know I want to start off with just how you fell in love with the game of football. Was there a moment growing up, whether it was a person or just an experience you had that really told you, yeah, this is what I want to devote a ton of my time to, and I'm ready to kind of take this to the next level? Man, I just I just started young, loving sports in general, going out there and playing sports in the front yard at recess, whatever it was. I, I love doing that. So once I actually got into football, like eight years old, I, you know, I just stuck with it. I, I played football, I played basketball. But once I got to high school and I kept devoting my time to football, basketball, football kind of took over. And then, you know, I, I feel like I, I had something there. I was ready to, you know, strive and thrive in uh being a, a football player for sure yeah and so you were a second round pick in new orleans back in 2017 you spent five years there but i want to go back to draft night for you because i'm very interested in all the emotions that come into a moment like that when you finally have that goal realized and you finally get that call you understand wow like this is real I, i've made it can you kind of go through the emotions there and can you recall what that was like for you man draft night was crazy i it was only supposed to be a couple of people at my house me my immediate family my uncle and you know my grandparents but the day of draft day i had a full house and i had the neighbor in the whole neighborhood on my street like <laughs> at the house uh i get drafted i get the call and once i get off the phone everybody's yelling they're hitting me grabbing me 
Um, but it was a great, it was a great experience. It was, it was definitely something that, you know, I could never forget it. I mean, that's, that's the day that everything changed, you know, going, going uh, to play in the NFL, but it was definitely a great, great day. And something else that I, I'm always curious about is if you had something like a welcome to the NFL moment, I know a lot of players talk about it, but was there a particular play in a game or a moment during maybe a rookie training camp where it all kind of hits you where you said, wow, like I am really here. This is, I am an NFL player now. I think just the first, the first play of the game, the first game you're like, okay, I'm out here now. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually here. This is not, this is not a dream anymore. I'm really out here. This is my reality. And now I just got to go out there and perform. But it was, it was like, wow, you, you made it, you did it, but you gotta, you gotta, hone in on all those emotions so you can go out there and play yeah no it seems that way and you've marcus established yourself as one of the best ball hawks in this league right now and that dates back to your college days at utah you had five interceptions there each of your last two seasons 15 here in your first five nfl seasons but i think at least to me there's a lot more to your game than that you're not just a ball hawk. you do a lot of other things while you're an underrated hitter you're a very smart football player so how would you describe your game personally when you're looking at yourself uh, man, I, I'm I'm definitely that ball hawk for sure. I, I attack the ball, but you know I make those for sure tackles, and I go out there and I um, I'm smart. I just I just know what's coming before it comes sometimes. So I'm I'm able to put more people in position. There's sometimes that I'm I'm down at the line of scrimmage telling somebody you know to go blitz or to come back or I'm just I'm a great communicator. I, I communicate, um, but I'm definitely a leader back there. I, I, you may not hear me a lot in like the media or anything but on the field and in the meeting room um, I'm pretty vocal on on what's going on and what I think needs to improve or things like that but I'm I may not be the raw raw guy but I'm the guy that's like hey guys let's get it together and speak to people who how they want to be spoken to but that's just how that's how I am that's I think that adds value Right. And I think a big key is there are multiple ways to be a leader. And so you don't necessarily have to be that rah-rah guy. And I think for you, you understand that, hey, this is how I want to lead. This is what works for me. And I think that's really good. But Marcus, you got a really interesting point during your press conference about someone asked you about Drew Brees and just going up against him, what you took away from playing against a player like Drew Brees in practice. And they asked, you know, how many interceptions you got? You couldn't really, you know, you didn't really know the answer to that, but now you're going to be going up against a different type of quarterback in practice in Lamar Jackson. And actually, I believe you actually, you were on the field for his first ever touchdown back when you traveled to Baltimore to play them in 2018. How excited are you to just be on the field with Lamar Jackson at practice and be able to play against the player that does what he does? It's exciting. You 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 know the game's kind of going that way to these mobile quarterbacks. So being able to go up against one in practice and already knowing what he could do, how explosive he is, how talented he is, how smart he is, it's it definitely going to help elevate my game to another level. Um, but he's he's definitely a a person that I'm I'm ready to you know go against and practice and compete with because I know he's a competitor as well. So I'm excited. Yeah, and. Also, Marcus, on the team website, it has you at number forty-three. Is that is that official? Is, is number forty-three the number you're rocking with this year? Can you can you say that? Is that is that what you're going with? I don't know. I guess we gotta wait and see. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned for Marcus's number. But Marcus, in college, you wore number twenty, and here right. in Baltimore, there is a very familiar number twenty to a lot of people. Mister Ed Reed himself, someone who I think there are some similarities there between you and him, did you take anything away from just watching him growing up? Was he a player that you looked at and said, hey, you know, one day I could be like this? Uh, growing up, I really didn't watch football like that, actually. 
Uh, it wasn't until I actually got to the NFL when I started to watch a little bit more of his game and people started comparing me. But I, I know he's a different type of player, and so am I. But um, he's a Hall of Famer, man. He he did everything, kick return, punt return. He's blocking kicks. He, he did everything. So, you know, that's that's a talent that's hard to find. But I'm, I'm a different type of player, and um, I think I'm special in my own way. And I, I will leave my own legacy there. I don't. I don't need to be number twenty anymore. He he got it. You know that's his. That's his number. He he, he retired. He uh he's the Hall of Famer. That's his number. That's I'm not going to try to. <laughs> you know I follow my own footsteps. You know I don't follow somebody else's. That's a good mindset to have. And you, you talked about legacy. Do you have any idea of what you want your legacy in the NFL to be when it's all said and done? When you hang up your cleats, what what do you kind of envision for yourself as a legacy for you? Just leaving it all out there on the field. Um, week in and week out, um, being, being with the guys in the locker room, you know, giving them a good impression of me, uh, who I really am, not trying to, not trying to be someone who I'm not. Um, but that, that's really what I want. I, I want people to say, dang, we really miss Marcus or he, he's a special guy on and off the field. And I feel like that's what I want to leave my legacy as. Yeah, well, it seems like you're far on your way to doing that right now. And if you keep on the path you're at, it seems like you're going to get there. But Marcus, when looking at the secondary you're becoming a part of now, there's stars in there, yourself included. You got Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark. People are excited about you four as a tandem together. Based off what you know so far about those types of players, how excited are you to join that secondary and kind of carry on that Ravens tradition of defense? It's definitely exciting going into a guy where they're all, all about ball, all about you know winning, all about taking the ball away. These these guys are you see you see in their stats they they got the ball they got ball production, but adding me we're we're just gonna go up a little bit more. Um, but once we get into camp, once we get into you know uh, the film room and stuff like that, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll come together be a tight tight group and we'll go out there and we'll show people what what we're made of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in the offseason, Marcus, it's, it's a time where you can kind of hone in on skills, get better at your craft in certain areas. Is, is there anything you're focusing on this offseason, whether it comes to training or anything else where you can maybe see improvement from yourself in 2022 on the football field? Where are you kind of focusing this offseason? I'm focusing a lot on uh, some man to man type stuff um, in, in short type spaces, um, moving in short spaces and things like that right now. So when I do have to go up against tight ends or receivers, then I, you know, I'll be prepared. You know, I just, I always prepare for stuff that I may get thrown into or I may have to do, even if it doesn't happen, I want to be ready for that opportunity when it comes. So I'm working a lot on that. Um, but we just started. I started, well, I probably started early, super early. I started like February. I've been working out since February. Um, but we, we're, we're getting after it already. And once season comes, you know, I'll be ready. Yeah. And, you know, you fit right in there. The, the Ravens, a lot of their team right now working out, getting better, and you fit that mold, it seems like, already. But, Marcus, going back to your college days, obviously, you there was another safety who went to the University of Utah you've talked about before in Eric Weddle and the relationship that you've kind of formed with him. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit and how that formed and where you two are now? Because it seems like he had a bit of an influence here for you. Well, growing up um, at Utah, I really didn't know who he was until one time he, he, uh, he came into the facility, and I'm like, Oh wait, that's the that's the safety who was here who used to play with my uh, DC. So they they were basically roommates or something like that. I was like, okay, that that's cool. He's already in the league. I'm like, wow, this is the first NFL player I've ever met. So I never met an NFL player until I met him, which he probably doesn't even know that. But 
when I met him, I'm like, okay. And then I seen him on TV. I'm like, dang, he, he's a baller. He's one of the best. And he's actually from my surrounding area. So we call it in the empire. He's actually from here. So I'm like, I want to watch him. I watch him and I see him, you know, constructing the defense. He's putting people in their place. He's making plays on the ball. He's an all around player. He's smart, instinctive. And I'm like, I want to be like that. That's what, that's how I want to be like, and even better, you know, but he, he definitely somebody like reached out to him. He reply and he's not, he's not a guy who's just going to um, stand, stand you up or anything like that. He's going to, going to get back to you um, in a reasonable time. And that's what I like about him. Yeah. It's always great to have guys like that. And actually someone who signed alongside Weddle in 2019 with the Ravens was one of your former teammates in new Orleans, Mark Ingram, who spent some time with you in two different stints. He was with you, your rookie in second years in 2017, 2018, then obviously came back to new Orleans in that Houston trade mid year last year. But can you kind of talk about Ingram a little bit? Because in Baltimore, he became an instant fan favorite and really helped the culture that Baltimore has. He embraced it and on and off the field really did amazing things for this organization. Can you kind of talk about your relationship with Mark and what it's like to be a teammate with him? That that's my brother, man. He uh he looks out to me like like I'm his like I'm his little brother. He we talk all the time. Uh, we in a group message. We we text. We call on the phone. He was probably one of the first people who called me after I signed, saying you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it, and you're gonna go out there. You're gonna do great. But me and Mark, that that's my dog. We kind of got our our own little lingo. We got together, but he's definitely somebody I look up to. Again, uh, even though he plays offense, but just as a as a father figure, you know, he takes care of his children. He takes care of his wife. He he does it all. But he's definitely somebody you you can really latch on to, and he's there for you anytime you need him. Yeah, and it seems like he was that way in Baltimore. And I saw, I see him and you commenting on Instagram and everything. So it seems like you have that relationship pretty down pat, and that's great to hear. But Marcus, off the field. You're into fashion and you have your line, Marcus Winners. And the meaning behind that I found very, very fascinating because I, I love the message behind it. Can you kind of go into what your line's message is and what it means to you? Man, Marked as Winners is, is a line we came up to, to to tell people you are marked as winners, whether it's in sports, whether it's in your job career, whatever it is, you are marked as a winner. Um, we 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 face adversity in our life every single day. We we go through with these these mental blocks, whatever we're going through. But when you're marked as winner, you you get back up every time you get knocked back, knocked down. You you don't take no as an answer. You keep going. You keep striving to be the best that you can be in your particular job area. Whatever you want to be, you can be. You don't give up. So for me, it's like, why why would I let someone tell me I can't do something? Why would I why would I give up when the light is right there at the end of the tunnel? Why would I why would I not keep going when right behind the next door? is my chance, my opportunity. But being marked as winners is who we are. We we can be marked as a winner. We we will be marked as a winner. We won't let anybody tell us that we can't be. So uh, it, success is not what somebody else perceives of you. Success is what you feel is success. So you find your own success. You find your own way. You find your own path. And that will be marked as a winner. What what a phenomenal message. I mean, seriously, this is stuff that I think inspires people daily. And to have a brand like that, that means that type of message is, is amazing. But Marcus, 
to you, what what makes an outfit? Is there a specific part of an outfit that really is like the all right? This is what's going to make or break it. Is it accessories like chains? Is it shoes? Is it a top? What what to you is that make or break piece? Man, to me, it's probably the shoes. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, you could you can start from the bottom always. You could always start with the shoes and then work your way up. You get a top, you're like, man, what shoes I'm gonna wear? But for me, I like I like the shoes. Uh, I get I have a whole bunch of Nikes. Ones are my favorite, so I probably I probably uh I probably would say the shoes for sure. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the shoes. I feel like you know you got a little accessory here and there it doesn't hurt. Also, between you right. and me, I have a little Versace chain that I kind of have tucked away. So you know, it, it kind of goes with the territory. But Marcus, finally, I want to get into a bit of your streaming career because you started that recently, and it seems like it's going really well. You have a ton of fun with it. What kind of things you're doing over there, and how has that experience been for you so far? Man, streaming is—it's—it's it's fun. It's exciting. I mean, I go on there. I could just be myself. I don't know who's watching. They could be hundred people. It could be five people. But I don't care. I'm gonna just go on the game, play Call of Duty, whatever, 2K, whatever it is. I'm gonna go on there, have fun with it. Just be myself because I mean, I don't care what people think about me. I mean, they could think whatever they want. They could say whatever they want about me, but that's their own opinion. I know who I am inside. I know what I provide. I know that I make people happy and my goal in life is to make others happy and build other people up. So that's, that's really why I do it. Yeah. And it's great to find those little things inside of stuff like that. And I feel like to have that mindset every day, it helps you as a successful person. It helps you as a winner. And I think Marcus, the Ravens made a phenomenal decision here, but that's all I have for you today, Marcus. Thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on your contract. And again, welcome to Baltimore. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. How amazing is Marcus Williams? Again, the big, big thank you to Marcus for allowing me the chance and the honor to interview him and just to learn about him, talk with him about a bunch of different topics. It was really such a fun time just to talk and get to know Marcus. So I'm really happy that that was able to happen and hopefully everybody enjoyed it. We'll head into our first break here now, though, on Locked on Ravens. When we get back, we'll be diving into the Ravens safety position. Still a ton to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, let me tell you a bit about Bet Online. And now March Madness, it is over with Kansas as the champions. I had Gonzaga in Illinois. It was a pretty big failure on my part. But now we can focus back more on the NHL and the NBA and the MLB starting up here soon. So there's a ton to bet on still. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs. They have free live casino games and everything that you can imagine. Plus they have experts to help you with all of your sports wagering needs. So if you need a place to get in on the action, go to betonline.net. BetOnline, it does have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. Coming at you after my interview with Marcus Williams. Again, big thank you to Marcus and everybody involved to help set it up, help get it going. And I think we had a really, really awesome conversation. So that it was just, it was, it was a blast. But now let's let's continue talking about Marcus's position in the safety position as the Ravens actually re-signed Geno Stone to a deal. Now, this was not necessarily, you know an agreement in terms of like a one-year, two-year, three-year contract. It was more of Stone signed as exclusive rights tender. So pretty much Stone had the option to sign the tender or sit out. So it's like, all right, he's, he's probably coming back to Baltimore at some point. So with the exclusive rights for agents, they really don't have the option. So it's either you accept it or you sit out. So for Stone, he accepted it. He's back with the Ravens. 
And I think the salary just rebig at the athletic put it right around $895,000. So again, not a, not a brick to bank type move by any stretch of the imagination, but we've talked about the secondary depth, even as early as this week on this show and where the Ravens going with the cornerback position. How can they rebuild that room? Well, their safety position right now is looking very, very strong with depth and with talent. Obviously, Marcus Williams is a big part of that. But you have Chuck Clark, who has been kind of the glue guy in that secondary and has been able to wear the green dot, communicate well. And obviously, communication, a bit of an issue on the defense last season. It was not what you usually want to see out of of a back half of the defense in terms of communication. But it wasn't just the safeties, right? There, there were communication issues all over that defense. And I think bringing in a guy like Marcus Williams, you got Michael Pearson there as well. Now just some stable veterans who have seen a lot at this level. That'll be key. But Clark is, is kind of the glue guys I talked about. It'll be Williams and Clark kind of manning the, the starting safety positions. And I know that th- there are some hot and cold reactions on Clark in terms of what people think about him. Some people just think he's very meh and like, not that good. I happen to think he is very good, but I think you have to accept him as he is. He's not necessarily going to be this ball hawking player. He he drops a lot of interceptions. We, we've seen that before, but he can play up in the box. He's versatile, a good tackler. He improved in coverage a lot also in 2021. So that was a great step for me that I saw out of him. But it's also the depth behind these guys that I think you have to look at. Tony Jefferson coming back. People have kind of pegged him in that Anthony Levine senior role. Levine obviously retiring from the game of football, still with the Ravens in a different role, but he's not going to be playing anymore. So people are kind of pegging Jefferson as that like special teams player who could also play in some different situations. I, I like Jefferson in that role a lot. You also have a couple of wild cards, Brandon Stevens or Darius Washington, two players who we talked about again earlier this week. It seems like the Ravens like Washington more in a slot cornerback role. We could also see Brandon Stevens in that role. I see Brandon Stevens more as a do-it-all versatile piece, maybe a, what a Jimmy Smith-ish type role was like last season, two years ago, where they were trying to use him at safety and use him all around the field so he can line up at safety, line up at corner. But I think Stevens is a very versatile piece, and it's the same thing with Washington where we know this Ravens defense loves to move guys all around the field. And, and you know, Don Martin is not in Baltimore anymore, but I don't think that philosophy is going to change with Mike McDonald. I think he's still going to utilize guys in all different roles. But when you look at the safety position, are you classifying Brandon Stevens as a safety? Are you classifying our Darius Washington as a safety? At this point right now, let, let's just call Brandon Stevens and our Darius Washington safeties at the moment. So you have Brandon Stevens, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, and – you have a bunch of other players as well who I think could step in. But when you look at the actual positions of the safety or what these guys are going to do with the safety position, you have a lot of options in terms of how you can line them up. So you have Clark Jefferson, kind of the, you can play them up in the box type safeties. They're not the best in coverage, but they can hold up. I thought Jefferson actually played a lot better in coverage this time around than he did in his first stint. Geno Stone is more of a free safety at this point. You could say the same thing about Adarius Washington. You can throw Marcus Williams in there as well, obviously. And Brandon Stevens, I, I'd say more, more free safety as well. Deshaun Elliott, I'm a huge Deshaun Elliott fan. I think he's a great football player, but the injury history may be on a one-year, very, very cheap contract. But then it becomes, where are you playing, everybody? I think people are kind of ready to see Brandon Stevens at this point. And, and people were people would have been completely fine, I feel like, with Elliott coming back. I know I was. But at this point, it feels like Brandon Stevens is that next guy in line as opposed to Deshaun Elliott at this point. So for Stone, his addition doesn't like – it's not earth-shattering news, right? It, but I think it's a key addition because 
look, injuries happen. We saw that in 2021. We don't want to see it again. We don't want to have that 2021 year if we're looking at the Ravens. But I feel like for what Baltimore has to offer at the position now, it is deep. And if a Williams or a Clark goes down, and hopefully they don't, they have options who can step in pretty seamlessly, honestly, and play those two safety roles. But you you can line these guys up in a bunch of different roles. You can, you can play three safeties on the field. You can play four safeties on the field. I don't know if they go for safety looks, but they could do it. If you it, look, if you want to classify uh, Washington as a safety and then they put him in a slot corner, Brandon Stevens roaming Williams and, and Clark playing it in the, in the, in too high or something, you, you can do that. But for me, it feels like it's going to be the Williams and Clark. So you have Brandon Stevens being that like do it all line up all over the place type player. And then you have Washington, you have Stone, you have Jefferson as really quality depth pieces. Washington, if the Ravens trust Washington enough as a slot corner, which I honestly, I want to see him get more reps there to see. I think Baltimore's probably going to draft a guy who can play slot. But it would be of at least my best interest to probably not put Marlon Humphrey back there. I think he Humphrey's great in the slot. He, he's great, but I'd rather have him on the outside. So if the Ravens trust Washington in that role, I think he could do some good things. He played some snaps there during the preseason, played some snaps there, well, very minimal snaps during the regular season. You didn't really get on the field. But that's an underrated player that I would potentially look at to play a major role on this defense, depending on how the Ravens address the slot corner slash safety position. In terms of free agency of the draft, you know, we talked a bit about with Deshaun Elliott, just like, where's the fit? At this point, you could maybe add a late round safety, but I feel like there are just better ways to spend that pick now with the addition of Williams and bringing back Jefferson, bringing back Stone. An undrafted guy or two wouldn't hurt at all. I feel like you can have those guys for camp bodies or competition. That that's awesome. But you know, for me personally, if you're if you're looking in the sixth round, maybe that's a running back, maybe that's a tight end, another defensive lineman, another corner edge, etc. That's probably where I'm spending that pick personally. But it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens they they fall in love with a guy late, you know, Bubba Bolden, someone out of Miami who's potentially an option. If Nick Cross somehow falls super low, I'm not saying sixth round, but if Nick Cross falls, maybe they draft him. There are really good safety options, Kirby Joseph and other, but I feel like for Baltimore, they they have their guys now. It, it might just be one or two very minor additions in terms of objective free agency. But the big one being Marcus Williams. You also have the Tony Jefferson resigning, the Geno Stone resigning as well. So I think I think Baltimore's pretty set there. In the secondary, Baltimore, I think, has to turn that attention to cornerback, fill out that room. Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are pretty lonely in that room, it feels like right now, with Tavon Young gone, Anthony Averett gone, Chris Westry gone, Jimmy Smith still on the free agent market. So that's where I'd pivot if I were the Ravens. In terms of the secondary safety is all good for me right now. I think it's it's obviously more cornerback. We'll head into our final break here on Locked On Ravens. When we get back, we'll be looking at mock drafts from Twitter that we got for Monday that we'll read out here today. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Still a ton to talk about on Locked On Ravens. We'll be right back. We're back here on Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker, your host, still here with you. We had our Marcus Williams interview in the first segment. Talked about the safety position in the second segment. Now let's talk about mock drafts from twitter i'm gonna read them down here from the tweet that i put out on sunday and we'll start off with a mock draft 
from Benno, who has the Ravens taking Jermaine Johnson, Edge from Florida State at 14. Javon Petrie, Baylor, defensive back at 45. Darian Beaver, Cincinnati linebacker, 76. Killen Beach, Arizona State tackle at 100. Cam Taylor, Britt, Nebraska corner at 110. Matthew Butler, Tennessee defensive lineman at 119. Kyron Williams, Notre Dame running back at 128. Cordell Flott, LSU corner at 139. Marco Jackson, Appalachian State linebacker, 141. And Chica Conquell, Maryland tight end at 196. There's been a lot of Jermaine Johnson hype, it feels like, for the Ravens over the past like couple days, couple weeks. I would love the pick. He's good against the run, a great pass rusher. If there aren't any of those like top five talents that are falling a little bit, then I think Johnson would be a phenomenal player at 14. There's no guarantee he even gets there. I think he'll probably go before, but if he gets there, yeah, that's a great pick. Petrie's one of those guys who, like a Brandon Stevens, you can play all over the field, so you could line him up anywhere, and I think he's a very versatile piece that they can use. You get the linebacker there with Beavers, the tackle depth with Deesh. Cam Taylor Britt, one of my favorite mid-round corners in this draft, so I like that pick a lot. Matthew Butler we talked about earlier in the week. Then you get the running back, the, another corner, DeMarco Jackson, a linebacker, then the tight end. So, yeah, a mock draft that hits needs. Maybe I would double down an edge somewhere, maybe take a center or another defensive lineman. But overall, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sweating too much about that. So I, I like this mock draft a lot from Benno. Next, we'll look at a mock draft from Austin Brown, who has the Ravens taking Devontae Wyatt, Georgia defensive lineman, at 17. I don't know exactly how they got 17. I mean, it's probably a trade-down type thing. But the Ravens, then they trade for DK Metcalf. They get Metcalf in pick number 40 for picks 45, 110, 128, 141, around 2 in 2023, and around 5 in 2023. They hit Jalen Peacher defensive back at 40. Jamari Salier, Georgia tackle or offensive lineman. At 76, Darian Beavers linebacker at 79, Donovan West Center from Arizona State at 100, Cordell Flott, LSU corner at 119, Matthew Butler, Tennessee defensive lineman at 123, Lettuce Smith, Virginia Tech guard at 139, Chicka Maryland tight end at 196, Matt Arays, a punter from San Diego State at 214. And so, yeah, the Wyatt pick is great. I, I like him in a trade back scenario. So, assuming the Ravens did trade back to 17, it feels like that's the case. To me, I think Wyatt would be a, a solid pick there, depending on who is on the board. For Metcalf, there have been a bunch of rumors. You know, if he's available, that's awesome. You have to also, if you're the Ravens, look at the contract, the draft capital that you have to give up if you're the team. So a lot to look at there. And it seems like the Seahawks aren't really looking to trade him at this point based off of the stuff that's come out. But, hey, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Petrie, we talked about. Staley are a very versatile guard. Or, yeah, I think you could play guard, play center. He also has the versatility to move out to tackle as well. But then there's offensive line depth galore here. Three offensive linemen. I think that's like the sweet spot. My sweet spot's anywhere from two to three. I think four is a little too many. One is probably a little too little for me. So I think that for the Ravens, three is right in that sweet spot. You get Salier, West, and Smith. And then Butler, we talked about. Beavers is a nice linebacker there. You got a Conquo and a Reza would spell the end of Sam Cook in Baltimore, it feels like. So a solid mock draft here from Austin. I like this and the Metcalf trade. If that does happen, it would add a lot to it. Next, we have a mock draft from Jacob Anderson, who says this will never happen, but a trade down with ridiculous return. A job might fall because of injury. A weapon for Lamar and getting help to the front seven. So this has the Ravens getting Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State at number 18. Devontae Wyatt, Georgia, defensive lineman at 45. David Ajabo, edge from Michigan at 49. Cam Thomas, edge from San Diego State at 76. Leo Chanel, linebacker, Wisconsin at 100. And Jerome Ford, running back from Cincinnati at 110. And that, yeah, that's where it cuts off if there are any more picks. But so the trade down for a Wilson. I think, yeah, Wilson is widely regarded one of the top three at least wide receivers in this class. Some have him as his best, others it could be second or third. But I think Wilson's a phenomenal player. I'm getting more and more on board to the wide receiver round one train. 
the talent is obviously there with some of these guys, Chris Olave, Drake, London, et cetera. But I, I don't know. I feel like for the Ravens, it depends on how the board falls. And in this case, Jacob picks Wilson. I don't hate the pick whatsoever. It's just a matter of who else is there for me. Wide at 45 is an absolute steal. David Ajabo at 49, absolute steal. Two guys who can help your front seven out. Wyatt immediately Ajabo kind of more in the future with his injury. Then you have Cam Thomas, who has also been kind of banged up during this whole pre-draft process, but I think is a very solid player. Chanel's one of the better linebackers in this class, in my opinion. Ford gives the Ravens a nice explosiveness as a running back. So assuming this mock draft did cut off and there's maybe like a tight end or some corners at the bottom here, I can't see those, but obviously my, my, my initial thoughts is it's a good draft gets a lot. There is a lot of value taken here, but I think some corners would be nice for the Ravens. that don't really have a ton of them right now. And finally, we will look at a mock draft from T Doug, who has the Ravens making some trades here. So there are, there are a lot of trades here. Let, let's start off with the, 14th pick and the 100th pick being traded to New Orleans for 18, 49, and 98. Then the Ravens trade 18 to Pittsburgh for 20 and 84. Then 20 goes to Green Bay for 22 and 92. 22 goes to Dallas for 24 and 88. 24 goes to Tennessee for 26 and 90. 26 goes to Green Bay for 28 and 132. And 28 goes to Cincinnati for 31 and 95. Wow. You just It's trading back and back and back and back. That is insane. And so now we have a ton of picks. Boy, Mafe, Minnesota Edge is the pick at 31. Chad Moomin, linebacker, 45. Crayon Winfrey, Oklahoma, defensive lineman at 76. Dinner Filele, Minnesota tackle at 84. Marcus Jones, corner from Houston at 88. Nick Cross, safety from Maryland at 90. Nicholas Petit, Ferrer, offensive tackle from Ohio State at 92. Tyler Lizier, BYU, halfback at 95. Matthew Butler, Tennessee, defensive lineman at 110, Tariq Castro Fields, Penn State corner at 119, Sam Williams edge at 128, Jerome Ford, Cincinnati running back at 132, Micah McFadden linebacker at 139, Jelani Woods tight end at 141, Velas Jones Jr. wide receiver at 196. And on top of it all, the Ravens trade for DK Metcalf. They traded pick, what is that, 49 and 98 for DK Metcalf. So what a, what a whirlwind this was. <laughs> I like a ton of these prospects, though. Like, I love Mafe. I love Marcus Jones, Nick Cross, Petit Frere, Butler, Sam Williams, Jelani Woods, Jones Jr. These are all really solid prospects. Now, it, realistically, would the Ravens trade back, what is this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times? <laughs> no. They, I don't think they would make seven trade backs pretty much in a row. But it's funny to kind of look at this and see, wow, if the Ravens traded back, is how many picks are there here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Do the Ravens have room for 15 picks on their roster? When it's all said and done, probably not. But it is nice to look at a mock draft like this in terms of if the Ravens wanted to pick up even more capital, they have 10 picks right now, of course, nine in the first four rounds. But if they want to pick up two extra picks, there is value throughout this entire draft. You know, you look to round one, all the stars that we see, but I mean, seriously, there are value picks to be had in every single round in this class. And so while I don't think 15 picks is going to be the end result for this team, I could see him maybe wanting 11 or 12. I think 12 was probably the highest I would go for the Ravens needing that many rookies on a roster. I, I don't believe they would do that, but I think that's the highest I would go. But again, this is a deep draft class, and I think the Ravens could definitely take advantage of that, especially considering the extensions the Ravens will have to sign guys to if they want to keep them, including Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, et cetera. So T-Dog makes a nice mock draft here. Not 15 picks is not the 15 picks isn't realistic. It's probably not, but I like the fact that we could look and say, hey, if the Ravens have 12 picks, 11 picks, 
there's tons of value to be had. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on the way out, like the video. But it was great. Another great episode. I'm excited to talk to you tomorrow. We'll have more Ravens talk then. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.